different coast-to-coast podcast of course uh, we're in all parts of the metropolitan area some are on golf courses other at work and others are locked down at home we're just following the COVID protocols Oscar Allen how are you coping with the COVID protocols that have been placed on the, on sporting clubs and in particular our West Coast Eagles yeah it's been an interesting week I suppose um, probably not before the game we were made aware of the likely lockdown and the protocols it will follow but Knock on wood, so far, so good. And there hasn't been too many cases in the community spread. So, so far, it's actually gone pretty well. Hammer, what about you, mate? I can see you're outside at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm lucky enough to be allowed outside. Uh, No, it was pretty cruisy weekend, mate. We got the call on, when was it? Friday that we were going to be locking down and my girlfriend was back. So, it was pretty handy just sort of stayed inside and had a lot of university to catch up on. So, uh, unfortunately, wasn't allowed to play waffle footy. So, I had the weekend off, feeling a bit fresh. But uh, a bit, you know, three days isn't too bad, I don't think. Just sort of get over it, get it done with, and then you move on. Can imagine a lot going on in that house. <laughs> Speaking of moving on, we don't want to uh, harp too much about what happened in Geelong, Oscar, but it'd be remiss of us not to talk about it. It was a really, really tough trip, a tough watch, but I imagine it was pretty tough to play in. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a really disappointing performance from the team down. Um, I don't think we we obviously didn't bring the effort that was required to play AFL footy and really got showed up on their home turf. And um, pretty disappointingly, it's, it's something which we haven't played well away from home yet. We haven't had a win away from home yet. So it's definitely something where we're reviewing pretty heavily and, and trying to rectify in the next coming weeks or so. It was a bit of a tough game to watch. I, um, I, I tuned in and the first quarter was great. And then... I just, yeah, it, it wasn't sure what sort of happened from there. All just the wheels sort of fell off. But a uh, week's a long time in footy. you got to park that one and move on pretty quick, Oz. Yeah, absolutely. We certainly do. Now, can I just, move, in regards to moving on, I spoke to Adam Simpson in the Ask Simo segment, of course, which we you can get on our socials. He said he had to be stern this week, Oscar. Can you give a player's insight into how stern the coach was and how stern the players have been on each other after a performance like that? Yeah, it starts from the, the top down with these kind of reviews. And it's important, and Simo's always been this way. He doesn't pull his punches. He doesn't just do drive-bys. If there's something he needs to say, that needs to be said, he does say it. And he's pretty direct in front of the whole group. And um, he's not afraid to call out the biggest player on the list or the smallest. So um, standards need to be kept to a great standard. And and our leaders have been good at doing that this week as well. Luke Shuey and and our other leaders around the club uh, making no uncertain terms that, that the effort that was put out there isn't acceptable. It was a difficult start, wasn't it? Because when you got there and you had to have your COVID test, I'm led to believe that a few of the boys were very unhappy with the the extreme nature of some of the testing done. We think one of the ladies was a one-eyed Cats fan. Yeah, one of the testers um, was covered head to toe in protective gear, as they all are. And she's gone with the initial COVID test. For those who don't know, it's down the throat for five seconds, each nostril for five, um, and went to the extreme in, in all three and I think every player that went through it came out of it with a bit of a blood nose. So um, poor Tommy Cole that broke his nose last week. Tommy Cole was in a bit of trouble. He's just had a recently fractured nose and she's digging around up there, came out with a bit of blood. What I don't understand about that is because obviously we got however many COVID tests we did last year. We had two a week pretty much the whole year. I don't understand how some COVID testers can go gently in your nose and gently in your throat and still test if there's COVID. How, if, if that works, why do you need to stab my brain? I, I just don't, 
for the life of me understand how you can go to two extremes and test the same result. Yeah, to not mince words, she was taking a piss, like genuinely. <laughs> and no one was, was willing to call her out until I think, um, I won't say who it was, but someone higher up, a lot higher up than me at the club, told her, uh, stop what you're doing right now, or filing a formal complaint. Thankfully, after I'd already had my test, so I was already... Uh, nurturing a blood nose, which is awesome. Was it the head coach by any chance, Oz? I did a drive-through over in Aussie Park, and I, I and I posted mine because it was the first one I'd done for, to get me back into the club. And um, she, I did say that. That was quite funny. She treated me beautifully. I got I, I gagged and I got the watered eyes, but she she didn't dig deep at all. Uh, must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah, no, I did see that, Oz. It was uh, it was quite funny. The old uh, it, it's funny. The first time people do it, they just you don't understand. You don't expect it to sort of. She's almost coughing up on a, it's a cotton swab, but it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Um, speaking of injuries and mounting injuries, obviously Gov going down didn't help. Is it time for Big H, the big Harry Edwards, to get a gig? We saw him, Hammer, you played with him up at Basso the other day against Swan District, so I thought he was very good when the ball, you're under siege down back. He's very much got the Govs about him. His aerial work is fantastic. He's got no fear. Is it a chance for his second game this week? And if he does, he'll acquit himself pretty well, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he... I don't know many blokes that have got a better competitive spirit than he does. He um, he crosses the white line and gets certainly gets the fever. He's um, he's aggressive. He's a big, tall sort of. He's got long arms and gets his fists in there. And he's also pretty quick for a big man. So, I think he's a uh, obviously not a like for like. It's um, it's an all Australian, dual Australian. But he's a uh, he's a good in. If if it if they need him, he's um, he certainly I think will be ready for the challenge. Yeah, I think Harry and the respect of the, the senior playing group probably from his debut game and, and the way he's carried himself for the last couple of years at the club, I've um, find, found myself matched up on him pretty often. And like Hammer alluded to, he's the most competitive bloke I've ever seen. Loves playing footy and most importantly, the boys love him too. So um, I'm sure if he gets the opportunity this weekend, he, he'll take the most of it. Oz, you probably probably have to be, you have to be flexible this week. Probably, I mean, I know you're up forward, you're down back. We talked about your flexibility, and that's part, that's what part of being an AFL footballer. You're expecting to have to do a bit of defending this week in the derby. Yeah, I suppose it's just a bit of a wait and see, really. Every time this time of the week, there's a lot of guys who are sore or they're not sure what's going to happen with team selection. So you've always got to be versatile and ready to to adapt to whatever situation. But I think that's probably one of my strengths is as a footballer is to be able to play wherever and I think it's important being on an AFL list you're not often going to get the opportunity to play the position you think you're best suited to so I suppose time will tell with with what happens with our injury list yeah I think um I think either way I was yeah you're right I mean if you're up forward you can kick lots of goals and if you're down back you can stop goals but uh I think for your sake and uh and we'll probably harp on a little bit later on I think the hammer time votes mate you want to be up forward get yourself some votes you know I'm a you know I'm a goal man no, I reward sausages. So you'll uh, hopefully you can try and if you're playing down back, hopefully you can just sneak up the ground a little bit and get on the end of one. Yeah, in a tell-all, if I'm if I'm playing down back, Lockie Henderson style, I'll be running the field and trying to get a couple snacks. <laughs> yeah, say no more. All righty, so we've still got those to come. We've got the Hammer Time votes, of which Oscar Allen is our current leader. In fact, I think he's on six votes, isn't he, Hammer? Yeah, he is certainly the leader at the moment. I think there's four votes. You're two votes clear, I think, Ozzy. There you go. All righty, we'll find out more. What about a bomb, torpedo bomb? Uh, Mitch Duncan, just to make matters worse, at halftime, the big Tory, bizarrely was overturned. The original call was touched, was uh, overturned. I find that staggering, to be brutally honest with you. But, boys, um, when was the last time you pulled off a torpedo bomb of that length? 
in training before a game. I've never, I can't remember the last time I've had a crack at one in game. I mean, I'm not the greatest kick at the best of times. And so if I was to pull out a Tory, I think I would be, uh, I think my three, year, three years on a list might have been a, uh, an abrupt two. But um, yeah, I don't know about you, Oz. Yeah, I actually got a chance, like, to be able, so first things first, to be able to have a Tory, you've got to have the perfect situation where there's no pressure on you whatsoever. And like, it's a green light. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can't just do a Tory for the sake of it. Um, so St Kilda, yes. after the siren, caught a time, actually had an opportunity. Yep. And the man on the mark was his was standing on the centre square line. So I probably would have let go from about 60. And I actually made the distance, but I've just put it 20 metres to the left into the grandstand. So um, the distance, not a problem. But, Disappointing. But accuracy definitely can be worked on. Yeah, excellent stuff. I mean, it does need to be perfect. You almost, I don't know. I remember Jaden Stevenson did one a couple of years ago where he it was like three minutes to go in the game and he, and he kicked one. But like, I mean, unless you're 50 points up or unless you're on the siren, you just don't, you just don't talk. No. I mean, Mitch Robinson did one actually on the weekend to Joe Danaher out of full back or out of, out of the halfback flank, a bit like Dusty did the other day. But having a proper shot on goal for a torpy, you just don't, <laughs> it needs to be the perfect storm. Yeah. You got, and you've got to have a bit of confidence about you to take a Tory if, if it's not in the exact perfect situation. And oh, God, unfortunately, yeah. I don't think I've got the license. I don't think many blokes do. No. 10-goal quarter does that for you. So Mitch Duncan and also a couple of hundred games. Your premiership's under your belt. He's probably got the the runs on the board. Yes. So you had the weekend off, Hammer. Yep. We had the weekend off. The whole game was was put on ice. You would have played Subiaco. Um, yes. What did you guys do? What did the Waffle Boys do, uh, albeit we're in lockdown? Well, yeah, we um, we were allowed to... So obviously with the government rules, we were allowed to go out and, and train for about an hour with... Um, with doing some vigorous exercise. So we had a run and, the, and some stuff to do. So the boys went out and did that in pairs, had a little kick around. But um, yeah, the week off, which, I mean, it was a bit annoying. The boys were pretty prepped and ready to go with, with zero and three. So we desperately want to get a win on the board. But um, I mean, we'll hopefully try and catch that game up a bit down the line. And if, uh, if all things go well this week, we'll be back out there against Peel on the weekend. So hopefully it's just a minor speed bump in the season, but we can get back on track pretty soon. All righty. It comes to that time. It is the hammer time votes. And we've talked about how difficult it is to give votes in a loss, even more so when it was such a big loss. Hammer, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, welcome, obviously. Um, <laughs> it was a tough, tough day for the vote getters. Uh, I mean... It was pretty much picking the best of a of a pretty sorry bunch, unfortunately, to say Oz to uh, to the boys. But um, if I had to do it, uh, we'll go the one, two, three, and I don't have the leaderboard on me because it's not in my little uh, black book. But the one vote for me goes to Jack Darling. I thought um, playing up forward, tried his guts out all day, looked pretty ominous at times. Had a had a couple of patches where he really got his hands on the footy, leaped for his marks, and competed all day. So he gets the one vote for me. Uh, my two votes goes to Andrew Gaff. Uh, a hardworking midfielder got, got a bit of the footy and of a pretty, you know, of a pretty sorry bunch. He, he worked his hard, it worked hard, runs really hard and gets and got the footy. Uh, and then my three votes and this, I'm going to have to do a bit of explaining on this one. My three votes goes to Tom Barras. Now I understand we lost by 98 points or however many, 97 points, but I think they had 60 inside fifties and he kept Tom Hawkins, Tom Hawkins kicked three goals and, if you're a fullback and you're trying your guts out all day and you have that many repeat entries, I think he, um, I think he tried his artist and did a one and did a pretty, you know, a pretty commendable job, um, albeit in a 97 point loss. So a tough one to pick votes because there wasn't, you know, wasn't many uh, standouts, but that's yeah. Three, two, one. 
uh, Darling Gaff for us today. Ozzy, what are your thoughts on them? Yep, agree agree with all of them. I think particularly TV, just to touch on that. And we spoke last week on, on leadership and Ross Glenn Denning was a big one talking about who do you think the future leaders are. Yes. A leadership type game from Tom Brass, backs against the wall. And um, if you just look at the stats, you may be not thinking he had a tremendous game, but um, his spirit and energy for the side, it was never wavering. And that's what you need from a leader. All righty. So that, uh, I don't know how that affects the leaderboard, but I reckon that might put Tommy on the dais after half a dozen rounds. That's still our man. Yes. Well, Tommy, Tommy's also on the six, I think okay. now. Um, yeah, he had three votes against. Who'd we give him three votes against? He's definitely had two, three voters, so he's on, awesome. on par with you, I think, now, awesome. Now, I don't know if you guys follow useless AFL stats on Facebook, but they're very bullish about... Uh, they've got these stats about turning things around, and I want to take you back to 2000, where we lost to Geelong by 81 points, and then the following week won the Derby by 117 points. So a Geelong loss Jesus. followed by a Derby was a 198-point turnaround, the biggest in club history and one of the biggest in the AFL. You'll find that on the useless AFL stats. Oscar, does that give you any heart? Great page, the useless AFL stats, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you what, that gives me some hope for the weekend. Either way, I think I think we're pretty confident going into the derby. We know it's going to be a good challenge and, and Freo are in really good form at the moment. But we know what we showed on the weekend was nowhere near our best. Um, and at times this season, our best has been up there with one of the best teams in the comp. It's just about a bit more consistency for us and maintaining that that effort and competitiveness when things aren't going our way. Can I ask you, uh, in regards to bouncing back, Hammer, what's the biggest thumping you got in, in maybe even junior footy or in um, in VFL footy, under-18s? And what's the biggest thumping that you've got that you've bounced back the following week? And how hard is it? The biggest thumping that I've ever got, I was uh, junior footy playing under-13s and lost a game 150-0. to zero. So that's probably the biggest thumping that I've ever got. We didn't actually win a game that year, so it didn't technically bounce back. I think probably for us, though, the biggest turnaround we've had was in the Waffle Eagles in 2019. We had uh, we lost five in a row, I think, and then we played a game against East Frio um, and we won by about 80 points. So that was probably the biggest turnaround. In that game, we did have Barras and Nick Nat and all those boys uh, come back and play for us, so that was pretty handy. But, um, yeah, that's... The, like you can't. I can remember a couple of big thumpings, but in terms of massive turnarounds, yeah, the, the East Frail game in nineteen was probably the biggest turnaround for us. What about you, Oz? Um, oh, my West Perth Colts team was similar to Hammers on thirteen, so I didn't win many games. Uh, I think I was there for three years, and I believe we won four games of footy. <laughs> and our biggest turnaround was we actually played Claremont, and Claremont over that time were a dominant side at uh, Stan Petreski seat and. Obviously, Jakey Waterman, they had a really good list. Um, and I was playing centre-half back on Jake Waterman. And Jake kicked five and had 35 on me, um, which was <laughs> a good introduction to a 16-year-old to Colts footy. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I think we lost by 150 points. So, um, that was fun. Gee whiz. And the, I think the coach realised, maybe we give him a crack up forward next week. And um, Yeah, maybe he's not cut out to be a full-back. Yeah, and we played Perth and they were the top ten, the second top team after Claremont and we actually played pretty well. Um, only lost by 10 goals. So, I mean, it's a, it's an 80-point turnaround. 80-point turnaround, you take that. Yeah, you take them. Take them when you can. I'll leave myself into this and it wasn't as a player, but I was helping out Christchurch Year 10s uh, on a Saturday morning and we were playing against Hale and uh, we were down by... 
120 odd points at three quarter time and I had to go and commentate the footy for radio. I threw an extra on. We played with 19 in the last quarter and someone said, you can't do that. And I said, what are they going to do? Wipe our score. We hadn't scored and we still, yeah, wipe your score. And we still didn't score. <laughs> Gee whiz. Found the extra on the field. Where'd you play him in the half forward flank or forward pocket or something? Just isolated him from the game. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay, so just in summary, Oscar, you, you, you're basically telling now uh, the listeners to Coast to Coast that you're expecting a bounce back against Fremantle. It is our home game. Crowds should be there. Going to be a wonderful atmosphere and you're meeting Fremantle at their best after a big win at home last week against North Melbourne. Yeah, I think after every performance like that, you expect a bounce back, and I'm sure we will provide one. As you just alluded to, we're really excited about there hopefully being crowds there. They make a huge difference difference for us at home, and, and at the moment, the thing that we're trying to utilise is playing well away from home, and we don't have that support, but we always are up for a derby, as we should be up for a game every week, and, and really excited for the challenge that's ahead of us. I think Freo have won three in a row, um, and they're playing some really good footy. Yeah, Freo are... Um... Freo are playing very well at the moment. I mean, it's a really good opportunity to bounce back, but also to assert a little bit of dominance over West because I think for the first time in a while, there's a, uh, you know, there might be a little question mark around who's the better team. So fingers crossed the boys can step out there and stamp a bit of authority back. Hammer, Yes. quick question. Do you know the betting markets for this weekend? Obviously not able to bet on AFL footy, but you know who it's a favourite? Because I actually think this should be the first time in a long time that Freo might be favourite. Helped by your problem. Yeah, I think so. When I do my tipping, when I do my tipping, it gives me the odds. I did my tipping the other day, and I think we were a bit. We were just over two dollars. Really? Just no. Under, I think. No. I think no. 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 Wrong. We've got a completely. It is unbelievable. Straight after the game, the markets were released after we lost and they won, and they were and I don't and gamble responsibly. We were a dollar fifty six, and they were two dollars fifty. Gee whiz, righto. Well, I have must have been thinking about the wrong game, but that's uh, that is imp- that's well, well, that's uh, someone knows something that I don't then because I thought it was a bit close. I think than that. people are taking into account that the Eagles have got a, a great uh, they're on a winning sequence against Fremantle. I think people are counting history rather than yes, yes. How many in a row is it? Is that we about we're about to what are we in a row? Um, I've actually row. got yes. the we are double 68 favorites and Freo paying two dollars 19. And as you alluded to, Goss, what do we always say, Han? Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, we do say that. You know, too. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I'm as close to um, breaking, breaking the club games. Milestone is right on the cusp of it. And I know our comms team spoke to Coxie during the week, and that'll be released, uh, released very, very shortly. But... Um, what a great servant Bunger has been. And it's a shame he's been injured because he was in some stellar form and it looked like he could go around three or four more years. Oh, God, yeah. Well, actually, look, it's um, as much as you don't like to see the greats go down with an injury, uh, it might be just sort of a little bit of fortuitous timing that he gets his record-breaking game at the Derby because, I mean, he's just been a servant of the club. He's been a warrior and has just been such a rock down there for such a long time. I mean, I remember before I even got drafted, I would watch the West Coast and you'd see this bloke who looked like he was 50 just dominating the game and never really missing a beat. So I'm uh, very excited to see him break the record this week. A very, very deserving player and, and a tremendous fella. Ozzy, what do you reckon? Yeah, all-time legend. Thing when it's all said and done, he'll go down as, as one of the greatest players of our football club, our great football club. I wouldn't be surprised Absolutely. if he's the first, first player to, to reach 300 games later this year. Um, and... And, and yeah, knock on wood. And as you said, no more fitting game than a derby where I think he's got three or four Glendening Allen 
Glendening Allen medals. Yeah, named after your good self, Oz. Yeah, after myself. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the big fella comes out and, and wins a fourth. I mean, huge. it'd be unheard of, but it, it can happen. Watch this space. Watch this space. Anything can happen. Hey, nice work, boys. Uh, thanks for joining us on Coast to Coast under these COVID conditions. All very different. Hopefully, we'll be back in the studio before much longer doing it. But uh, I know the listeners still love hearing from you, Oscar, and every now and then they like hearing from you too, Hammer. So, appreciate the work. Yeah, sorry about this, guys. But uh, we'll be back in the studio, fingers crossed, next week. Yeah, we'll get it sorted for you. Oscar Allen and Hamish Brayshaw. This has been Coast to Coast. Thanks for listening. we do it again next week.